Welcome to the Red Rain Podcast. Here is your host from SB Nation's Revenge of the Birds, Walter Mitchell. Thank you, Kyle Little Rock, Ledbetter. Uh, welcome back, Cardinal fans. Uh, today, I want to talk about Rodney Hudson and the state of affairs in Arizona with Michael Bidwell, the pilot of this aircraft, uh, which I'll give a shout out for the Cardinals of taking uh, going to the Civics um, Convention in Washington, D.C. with a group of worthy um, youth. Uh, who, uh, as DeAndre Hopkins said, had to write essays in order to qualify for for going, and the Cardinals were all in on this. And uh, you know, Michael Bidwell flew the jet, um, the Cardinals jet, uh, to DC for this affair, and just gotta love that. Um, uh, you know, Michael Bidwell being involved in in you know the, the civics. Um, you know, um, arena um, is is a wonderful thing at this time in in you know U.S. history. So, um, kudos to all that. And uh, uh, so, moving on to the team, though, uh, the dark clouds that have been hanging over the Cardinals since January have now burst into a thunderous storm. The question is, can the pilots of this aircraft, aka Bidwell? Steve Kime, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, Vance Joseph, navigate the team out of the lightning and fuselage-shaking turbulence. Um, You know, it's just been an off-season of what next. And each what next has not been um, satisfying to a number of fans, particularly to myself, I find it tremendously ironic that in a year where, you know, the the Bucks won in their home stadium Super Bowl um, in 2020, and then last year the Rams in 2021 in their home stadium, and this year with the Cardinals having the Super Bowl in Arizona, this is hardly what you know being all in to try to, you know, win their very first Super Bowl would look like. I mean, uh, Chuck Harris wrote a tweet yesterday, which was excellent. According to OTC, the Cardinals ranked 30th in active cash spending at $202 million, total cash spending at $202.4 million, and cash-to-cap ratio 0.9348. Only the Falcons and Bears have spent less. Less in the NFC West. Compare Rams at two two ninety three million. Forty Niners at two thirty three point seven. Seahawks at two eighteen point six. Cardinals in fourth place at two hundred and two million. We've been wondering this all this off season. What's been going on with Bidwell and, and um, the finances? You know, there were early reports that you know coaches weren't getting their pl- their playoff checks. Um, we're not seeing. You know, there's just been this sort of 
wait till the summer with Kyler Murray and his contract, all of, all of which could have been avoided somehow if some sort of agreement had been rendered um, and, you know, and, and um, conducted. Uh, instead, we've had this whole prolonged holdout of OTAs from players, you know, um, especially from Kyler, who made a couple token appearances um, in OTAs, and then he did go to mandatory minicamp, which was good. Um, so that's good. But where has the offensive line been? They've been in cahoots with Kyler and sitting out of OTAs, which seems particularly mind-boggling now, knowing that suddenly he, the next what next was Rodney Hudson um, being an un, inexcused, unexcused absence at mandatory minicamp. And the speculation coming from Chuck Harris recently too, which uh, I think uh, um, the Arizona sports radio has jumped on is that the, in the, the speculation now is that, uh, that Hudson is pondering retirement and maybe that the conversations they're having is, uh, you know, what, what the buyout figures would be on, you know, here's a guy who signed a, a three-year contract with 16 million guaranteed at, about 30 million, um, 10 million a year. Um, you know, now he's played one year of that. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to owe the Cardinals. He's going to have to pay them back some of this, the, uh, 16 million he was given. Um, so they're probably working out those details, but in light of that, and apparently this has been something that the team has known for a while that the players in the offensive line have known for a while. And yet their reaction to all this is to skip OTAs. Um, I'll tell you what, if any of those guys are made captain and Kyler made captain in all this, um, it's just a joke. Um, this is not what leadership looks like. I don't want to hear the whole, it's voluntary. It's voluntary for everybody. So why are some teams doing it like the Rams? and not the Cardinals. It's like the same thing about you're not investing money in the team. You're not, you're not, you know, creating a, an expectation and a buzz like you did last year heading into the season and how, how much that helped. I mean, instead it's just been this, these dark clouds, it's the uncertainty, the pushing everything off, um, you know, kicking the can down the road. Um, a very uneventful um, offseason in terms of free agency, except for re-signing some core players, which was good. But at the same time, if, if we look at the roster right now, there, there's a glaring need at cornerback, and now there's a glaring need at center. Um, and speaking of the center situation, I mean, sort of center of, the, of a storm. This has been going on for years. I mean, Cardinals can't. Get a center. I mean, it's just beyond absurd at this point. I mean, they spent two third-round picks, one on Mason Cole, who they mishandled egregiously, in my opinion, after he was the only player to start during that horrible 2018 season, the only one who held up on the offensive line. I mean, and then to turn around and, you know, you've got a 
coaching change, and you got a new offensive line coach who loves A.Q. Shipley. And Shipley had a great motivational story coming back from an ACL. But if you're only going to play, you know, Shipley's only going to be a one-year guy in there, and you just invested a third-round pick in a center, and you're going to start Shipley in front of him. I mean, what does that tell you? This is the continued pattern. You know, it's like Hicks with Collins. I mean, so for one year, Collins has to sit out because to watch Hicks. I mean, you got to play these young guys. You're gonna if you're gonna invest, you know, high draft picks in these guys. You got to play them and get them through the lumps. I mean, everybody's gonna go through them, but you got to play them. And that set Mason Cole up at that point had never not started in a football game in his entire life, all the way through high school, all the way through college at Michigan. And now he's got to sit out a year and that's going to, you know, stifle his development. And it did. I mean, he got his chance the next year, had a degree of difficulty. Um, and, uh, you know, next thing you know, he's traded and gone. Not to mention the other centers, you know, Evan Bain. Remember, remember him? Fourth-round pick. I don't know if he ever started a game at center for the Cardinals. Did he? Um, you know, then you had Lamont Gallier, um, who wanted out last year. Um, had 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 enough. Well, the Cardinals asked him to release him, and he, they did. They just flat-out released him. A six-round pick. Pick one, one night. It was a top 200 pick. I think it was 197. Um, wow. I mean, and then Michael Manet was uh, a seventh-round pick. But he got cut, and he's long gone. I mean, you, you drafted four centers in five years. None of them are still with the club. Then you invest a third-round pick in Rodney Hudson. And you sign him to a three-year, $30 million deal with $16 million guaranteed. And he wants to retire now. And then, you know, it makes me wonder, too. Um, the obviously, obvious question is, wonder what these centers would say about Kyler Murray. I mean, I wonder what A.Q. Shipley would say about him. I wonder what Mason Cole would say about him. I wonder now what Rodney Hudson would say about him. I mean, you know, this would be... This will now be Kyler's fourth center in four years. Now, maybe it has nothing to do with Kyler, but it can't speak well to the kind of relationship that Kyler is building with his centers. Um, if they're one and done every year, um, and something's going on there, and I, I, you know, you can see it in the play. I mean, I, I think Kyler is tough on centers with his staggered counts, and you know. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's easy um, f for a center playing for Kyler. Plus, you know, the the um, the the protection they got to give him. And give uh, Hudson credit. He was stout in pass coverage, but he was inconsistent. He was injured. Uh, he didn't quite see, you know, then he had COVID issues. And, you know, he was just kind of, battling through a very difficult season physically uh, from day one, it didn't seem like he came, came in at, you know, his typical um, top of his uh, top of his shape, you know, being in shape. Um, 
And, uh, you know, it showed he was inconsistent. His, his grades were poor for him, for his standards. And, um, you know, and now he's apparently contemplating retirement. I mean, once you do that, if you have one foot out the door, it's hard to, you know, pull the other one back in. And um, <clears throat> I don't think that, uh, you know, it would be worth it for the Cardinals to try to, beg him to come back um, at this point. Um, word is now that Justin Hughes, Justin Pugh is switching over to center, which is interesting. Justin Pugh, who was retiring himself until Steve Kahn contacted him and made him an offer to get him to re-sign for this year. But now perhaps Pugh is a little invigorated because he said he'd maxed out financially as a guard even though he's coming off one of his best seasons. Um, I don't think he gave up a single sack um, all year. Um, he was he was really good in pass pro, but he too had his had missed a couple games, key games, missing the Rams game at home the, during the regular season. That was that was really tough on on him and particularly on the Cardinals because of what uh, you know Aaron Donald was able to do in that game. He has played pretty well against Aaron Donald. If you look at the stats, he hasn't given up many sacks at all. I think it's one in the last three years um, with Donald on him. That's, that's pretty amazing. Um, but, you know, can Pugh make the transition to center? It's a big question mark. Also, Pugh's trying to put back on weight because once he thought he was retiring, he'd slim down to 265 pounds. If you look at him now, he's, he's pretty thin. Um, although that can help him at center with his feet and quickness wise centers. If there's one spot on the line where centers can be a little bit slighter of build and more athletic, it's at the center spot. So um, that might be, uh, you know, um, a, a actually a good thing. Uh, Pew would know the calls. He's been in the system. Uh, that's an advantage too. Um, but it's a big unknown, and of course, the other unknown is can he stay healthy? Behind him, I, you know, I think they've been trying. Um, let's see, to Smith as a backup, which uh, you know, if, if Pew starts at center, who's going to be the left guard? Maybe Justin Murray. Maybe let's see to Smith. Um, maybe Marcus Hayes. Uh, you know, it's good they drafted a couple young guards who have promise, who look looked the part and um, played the part in college. So, you know, that's good news. It's getting some some backups in there, um, or some depth there uh, that could could challenge for starting positions. But this is a made now. You know, if you take the center out of the equation, it creates all kinds of flux, and um, you know, I. I I think the smartest thing they could do is sign J.C. Treader, but I guess the Cardinals aren't interested in spending money. I mean, you also have Billy Price, who they brought in for an interview. I mean, that would be better than nothing. Um, and Price had a solid year last year, one of his, his best years a pro, and he was a former first-round pick, and maybe he's starting to come into his own. That would be seem to be... Um, you know, a smart thing to do, even if, you know, Pew takes the starting job to have price behind him just in case uh, and have a legit center. 
and not a rookie who's guard who um, is being transferred there, um, tried there as a you know backup. Um, you know, someone with experience could could be really valuable there. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this is this is tough. Um, this, the, the loss of Rodney Hudson. I mean, when you invested so much, I mean, you know, if, just thinking. It's too bad they didn't target Justin Pugh for center back in 2018. They could have saved two third-round picks, a sixth round, and a seventh round um, in doing that, If assuming that uh, Pugh would have worked out. And I think Pugh's so versatile, I think he could play any spot on the line and, um, and play pretty well. Uh, he's, 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 he's a solid player um, in a and then one of the better um, free agents that, that Steve Kime has ever signed, particularly on the offensive line. So, I mean, um, you know, it's exciting to think that maybe, and Pew is excited to think that maybe this prolonged his career. Um, you know, he's only signed for this year, but uh, hey, if it works out, it'd be great. It could be a blessing in disguise, but it's a gamble. It's a roll of the dice and, and we'll have to see. But the fact that they're not even showing up for OTAs with all this flux is really disturbing. And, um, you know, we'll see now. They had a mandatory minicamp, and at least they were able to get that in. And everyone but Hudson was there. Um, and, of course, that created a bit of, a, you know, a awkward and difficult situation um, with him not being there. Now the speculation at first was maybe he wanted it different contract which is hard to imagine because i think the cardinals did him justice um big time justice um so i mean who knows what's going to happen there i mean it's just it's almost symbolic to the center spots on the offense and defense at center and at middle linebacker have been soft spots for the cardinals and ones they haven't been able to figure out, and now they've 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 addressed it by by drafting Zayvon Collins. This is his year to step up. I think he physically fits the mold, and I think instinctive wise, he fits the mold. As assuming that now, um, Vance Joseph is going to be co coaching his middle linebackers to actually run downhill to the ball unlike what we saw with um, consistently in the past. Um, you know, that's going to be a huge difference for the Cardinals if they get a middle linebacker who's got a nose for the football and can get after it. The only one I've really seen over the last few years is Tanner Vail, um, who uh, has, you know, has got the nose for it and uh, has proven it at times. Sometimes early last year when he got his chances – he looked out of sorts, but then at the end of the year, he looked good. Um, and plus, he's always been good in the goal line in snuffing out, um, stepping up, running downhill to the ball. So, and I don't know what we have in Nick Vigil. Um, Isaiah Simmons started working out with the safeties. I think that's where he belongs, or outside linebacker. I don't think he's an inside linebacker. I don't think he never, ever has been. Um, and the word is they're still going to use him there. Um, but I think they're going to move Simmons around. 
can use him as a you know queen on the chessboard um, and a mix and match guy for matchups in coverage and uh, that's exciting and I think that Isaiah could have a huge year um, breakout season if they use him properly. Um, so yeah, you know if they can shore up the middle on both both the uh, offense and the defense. The pattern that really is curious and of Michael Bidwell is, you know, it's like the team goes through these three-year stretches where finally they start to get things right. Right? You go back to Ken Wisenhunt and Kurt Warner. And once Wisenhunt committed to Warner um, at the expense of benching the first-round draft pick, Matt Liner, but Warner clearly was the superior player. And look where that took, took them three years of some of the best football um, and exciting football that the Cardinal fans have ever seen, including their first trip to a Super Bowl. But with that came the um, lucrative extensions for Ken Wisenhunt. And, um, you know, uh, after the three years, what happened? Goodwill stopped wanting to pay money. I mean, the whole contract situation with Kurt Warner was outrageous. I mean, he didn't want to pay him. I mean, when Warner, Warner had taken the Cardinals to new heights, I mean, that they've never seen before. So much so that Warner had to go to San Francisco to interview there before Bidwell would, would you know, increase his offer. And there was just just enough awkwardness and sort of acrimony there to that I think was one of the reasons why, you know, Warner only played one more year instead of the two that he signed up for. I mean, that and the concussion that he incurred during the season. Um, you know, so then after those three years, boom. You know, Wisenhunt's last couple of years were brutal. Um, at least he was getting his extension, but you know the 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 money stopped. Um, they weren't able to retain players. Carlos Dansby was off again. You know they couldn't retain him. You know so, and now so they hire BA, and BA had the three year run. BA got the huge extension with kind huge extensions, and what happened? You know they stopped. By you know, spending money when BA was there. I mean, another thing. I mean, you kept wondering, Kaim, when are you going to, you know, sign people? It was almost as if Kaim was told, we don't have the money, we're not doing it. We're going to go with BA and hope he can win with what we've got. And again, you know, the performance fell off. BA was retired suddenly. Um, and now started all over again and now you've had cliff kingsbury on the scene for three years with three years of marked improvement record wise and play wise you know taking the team to the first first playoffs and what do we get we get a bidwell who doesn't want to spend money again and he's extended which was kind of curious 
Um, cause Bidwell seemed to like, you know, he's going to reward his coaches whenever they go through a three year stretch that looks good to him. And he did the same for Kingsbury and, you know, locked him in with time. Um, it just makes you wonder what, you know, these kind of patterns are pretty troubling. And, uh, you know, I was asking at the beginning of the show, uh, can the pilots of this aircraft navigate the team out of this turbulence? And um, I, I don't think that, you know, the signing Kyler Murray to his, you know, giving him his bag in light of all the drama is it going to be a panacea for this team? Um, like it's going to wave a magic wand and everyone's going to be cool. I mean, the other thing is now, if you open that can of worms on an extension, what are you going to do about Hollywood Brown? What are you going to do about Byron Murphy? What are you going to do about Zach Allen? Most of all, what are you going to do about Jalen Thompson? You know, I mean, these are guys who are deserving. Um, you know, uh, I mean, once you do for one, maybe you ought to consider doing them for all. But then you wonder, you know, if there's money, the cash isn't there or the owner isn't willing to spend it. It makes you wonder if Bidwell just spent, you know, he's trying to save for a couple of years to pay for that jet that he bought uh, for the team. Um, you know, and figured in the long run that was more important. Uh, I don't know. I mean, do you know? I mean, seriously, what's going on? Um, and, you know, what a world of difference, buzz wise this season is the last. And like I said, all these things coming on a year where the Super Bowl is in Arizona. Wow. And what's, what's kind of eating away at me is, you know, if this thing blows up, which is, you know, I mean, under these circumstances, it's por probably more likely to blow up than, than uh, take, take the team where they need to go. Um, if it does, you know, and you give Kyler Murray his bag, you know, next year's draft, the Cardinals had a top five pick, you know, there are four stud quarterbacks who are going to go in the top 10 and possibly five. And if you want to go and look at those guys on tape, you know, um, you know, the Cardinals could be sitting there, you know, if wondering what if, <laughs> And, uh, you know, I mean, I would suggest you do go there. See if these, you know, these quarterbacks appeal to you. I mean, you know, uh, uh, you know, you got TJ Shroud. I mean, wow. Kids, it looks like a stud to me. Um, you know, people argue, well, Ohio State quarterbacks don't make any of them. This kid's going to make it. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, you know. Bryce Young, oh, my God. I mean, he's already got a Heisman. Um, you know, he's super talented. Then, you know, um, you got the kid from Kentucky. Oh, my God. He's Josh Allen part two. Um, Name is he, Will Levis. Yeah, Will Levis. Yeah, L-E-V-I-S. And you got the kid from Miami, Miami Tyler Van Dyke. Um, who's got Justin Herbert-esque qualities. I mean, this is a loaded quarterback draft. 
And, you know, I want Kyler Murray to do well. I don't, I don't want to have to start all over. But what if the patterns continue? What if he can't stay healthy? What if he struggles? You know, I think this year, if, if he does, in light of all the drama, I think he's going to be hearing it from Cardinal fans um, and pundits and national and local. Um, I think the pressure is going to be on him big time to deliver, uh, particularly if he gets what he wanted all along. Um, but that's why I've been hoping they could just, you know, I'd be fine if, if, if Bidwell's, you know, somehow cash strapped and can't do this this year. And we don't know what's going on. I've heard from Cardinals ticket, ticket holders of the past who don't want to buy tickets anymore. How the Cardinals are putting a full court press to try to sign tickets. So they're having troubles this year, signing ticket, you know, getting um, season ticket um, holders to redo or new ones to sign up. I mean, what does that tell you? Um, that's an interesting development. I mean, we haven't had that for long, but, but that's what happens when you go three and five at home. Oh, and three down the stretch and three, just, Really, really difficult games to watch. Um, games that in which the Cardinals were favored. Um, at the end of the season, Bidwell was irate, and for a number of reasons that I'm sure we could probably figure out. Uh, but you know, I it would be fine with me if just waited, see how all this played out. I mean, at this point, there's not much more you can do. Um, you know, free agency is basically over. There's some guys still out there, but I don't think, you know, uh, you know, they're going to be, there are many guys out there. that are really going to make a huge difference. Um, it's almost, it serves the Cardinals better to tap into the youth that they've been drafting and get the most out of that. That would be really huge and stop continuing the pattern of like signing up. Um, over-the-hill veteran to play in front of a uh, high draft pick like they did with A.Q. Ship, Shipley over Mason Cole. Um, and again, I don't want to disparage Shipley. He, his story was great, and you got to love his resiliency. And But from a standpoint of building, developing talent, that was tough. That was tough. Um, and uh, it did certainly did no favors for Mason Cole um, and his development. And look at Cole last year. His PFF grade was better than any Cardinal um, playing in Minnesota, uh, you know, after the trade. You know, I always, I really loved that pick of Mason Cole because I also thought he was really solid at guard. And I watched him watching blocking Nick Bosa off the edge when Cole played left tackle at Michigan his senior his last year. And, you know, he held up well against Bosa. Um, that was impressive. I mean, he had, you know, wasn't dominant, but he was very competitive. I mean, I don't think he's a tackle in the NFL, but he's certainly a guard and he's certainly a center. Um, someone you could build around, but that's water under the bridge. He's gone. All the centers are gone. Rodney Hudson's on the verge of retirement, apparently, or whatever it is, uh, wanting a new contract or wanting to be traded. Who knows? But there's 
you know, this is not a good situation. Um, I think the Cardinals have to move on and make according moves. That's the other thing that frustrates me is that typically when teams lose a player at a position of need, they immediately make a signing to assure everyone we're on, we got this. You know, the Cardinals have not addressed the cornerback situation. I mean, Robert Alford's still sitting out there. I mean, maybe Bibble doesn't have the cash to give Alford on a near minimum deal. I mean, I don't know what's going on with that uh, um, and why we haven't seen the likes of a Kevin King um, or, or, you know, um, or others that are out there, other corners that are available, like Chris Harris, um, Xavier Rhodes. Um, There's some guys out there who could be a help. You're going to need someone there. Um, but it's just been a postpone, postpone, and now you got this Hudson thing. Uh, with most teams, this would have been resolved by now. Um, and it probably would have been resolved by mandatory minicamp to get the key pieces in place to go into training camp camp and get somebody ready. I mean, uh, any new center who comes in or cornerback has to learn our system. And that's not going to happen overnight. And it's going to happen with reps, but it's also going to happen with learning the playbooks, doing what you can. Um, so, um, but I, I'm pr- all, all off season. I've been praying for miracles. I'm still doing it again. I mean, I, you know, the thing that gives me hope is J.J. Watt um, and his crew. You know, the guys who are there every day, the guys who are James Conner, the guys who are, you know, um, the bell cow leaders in the building um, who really want to get uh, Zach Ertz, guys who really want to get after this thing and are hungry to to win a ring. Um, and the fact that, you know, I think that the recent poll, uh, of, of coach for, by PFF of coaches who could do the most with the least, wherein they voted Cliff Kingsbury in the top five at, at four, I think is an encouraging thing. And I think it was, it was well-earned because you've seen Kingsbury be able to adapt uh, midst, midst injuries, you know, we lost Humphreys for a game. He flip flops, uh, Beecham and, uh, put over to left tackle and starts Josh Jones and the Cardinals played their best game down the stretch in their win in Dallas. Um, that's one example, uh, you know, moving on from Patrick Peterson, you know, with, uh, Robert Alford, Alford had a much better year. Um, that's an example. Um, you know, when some of the running backs were out, Eno picked up the slack in a big win at, at, at San Francisco. I mean, he, Colt McCoy going two and one, um, winning two huge NFC West games on the road. You know, that, that just shows you, I mean, Cliff gets guys ready and, uh, he can, you know, and Antoine Wesley coming onto the scene and making some 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 good plays. You know, so um, you know it's encouraging. Um, and also, let's not forget when Chandler Jones went out. 
you know, I mean, Kingsbury's like, no one's blocking Gardeck in practice. Let's give him a shot. And, uh, you know, Vance, same thing. And they got him in there and look what happened. I mean, you know, that was Vance's best sack year as a Cardinal defensive coordinator, you know. They had 48 sacks that year, and Chandler Jones only had one of them and was played for five games. I mean, you had Reddick at, what, 12.5? I mean, you had Golden, who they, you know, brought in there, and he was he was playing at a high level. You had then Gardick getting seven sacks and, what was it, 18 quarterback pressures in 93 snaps? Holy cow! You know, so... You know, there's talent up and down this roster when they tap into it. And I think Cliff, Cliff is a bit of a chameleon. I think he can get guys ready. Um, you know, Cliff's a work in progress. There's no doubt. I mean, he'd be the first one to tell you that. He knows he needs to make stronger adjustments, quicker adjustments um, in games, particularly, you know, and, and with clock management um, and late game decisions. You know, but that doesn't come overnight for any NFL coach. You need a few years. And he's on track, I think. Um, and he'll take the blame for whatever goes wrong. You just know. But um, And the co- the players really seem to um, appreciate him uh, for what he brings. And he's kind of a stabilizing uh, figure at the, at the calm part of the storm. Um, and uh, he's going to try to navigate the team through all of this. And, you know, ultimately, he'll probably take the brunt or whatever goes on. Um, but <clears throat> he'll accept it. And, um, you know, he's a player's coach, so he'll deflect and take it on his own shoulders. And, but uh, I think Clift is very adaptable. And I go back to his Texas Tech days. Um, and his um, Houston days uh, as OC at Houston um, when he, you know, had a great run with Case Keenum, unbelievable numbers there, and then Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M, and then his host of quarterbacks, some of whom you've probably never heard before, but all of his quarterbacks played at a high level. Um, Nick Simonek, um you probably many of you may not know him. He picked up at, for uh, the offense after uh, Patrick Mahomes left, and Cliff put up big numbers with him. Um, and uh, you know, uh, so that's encouraging. I think you know wh- whatever quarterbacks Cliff has, he's done well with, and he adapts. Here's the other thing about Cliff: he adapts to the strengths of the personnel. I mean, look how he used James Conner last year. Um, that was huge. I mean, particularly in the red zone. I mean, Cliff Cliff will adapt his. Own. That's why he is. He's a chameleon. He'll adapt his to his personnel and try to play to their strengths. Um, so that's very encouraging and exciting. But uh, yeah, hopefully, we start seeing some moves from the Cardinals that are long overdue. I mean, they've got to make. They've got to make an acquisition at cornerback. Um, They have to address the center situation. At least, you know, you can give Justin Pugh his due shot, and that might be exciting, but at least bring in Billy Price 
uh, or someone who, you know, you can, Alex Karras, someone who has, has experience at the position, who you know you can turn to, rather than having to turn to a rookie who hasn't played the position in a while, or maybe even ever. So, um, you know, you want to see some, a greater sense of urgency and, you know, and steer, steer the club into sunshine again. I mean, we need positive buzzes and you know, it's been such a, such a, you know, just, um, frustrating off season to date and so many different ways and such a, a difficult PR hit for the Cardinals, um, nationally and locally. Um, so, and now they're struggling to sell tickets. So I, I don't know. Um, something's got to happen. And we just hope for the best and the, doing the right things. But, um, but I wish Michael Bidwell would get on top of it and he'd be more transparent and let us know what's going on. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, that's it for today. Uh I remain very, very hopeful. Like I said, I think the guys in the building um, you know, are creating a real bond, and I think you can win with these guys. Um, and you know, I think it will be counted on heavily. And anytime J.J. Watt's in the building with his, you know, the kind of bell cow he is and the kind of tone setter he is, it can give us hope. But we need it, and James Conner on the other side, I mean, he's a tough, tough-nosed player. We're going to need his physicality, and he can be a tone setter as well. And you know, So, I mean, the, the cupboard's not empty, and there's a lot of young talent on this team that's, that's been uh, acquired over the last few years. That it's time for them to step up and take over this team and take ownership of it, and that could be really exciting. So I'm, I'm not all doom and gloom. You got to get we gotta get past these this storm right now. And the Hudson situation is part of it. The uncertainty about contract extensions is part of it. Um, kicking the can down the road is part of it, and just not knowing um, what the game plan is, in particular from the team owner, is unsettling. So until next time, may the red rain shower down on you into the red red sea. Red rain. <laughs>